Welcome home. I'm so glad you decided to join us today for Church at Home, and I would love to extend a special welcome to anyone new to the family. Today we are going to be talking about how Jesus meets us on the mountaintops. And if you have any questions, want to get involved, or let us know that you are here, just text HelloCore to 474747 and we will get in touch with you. And if this is helpful to you, please consider clicking the like and subscribe buttons and ring the bell for notifications. We are a church that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus. And there are a lot of great things happening, but we'll come back to them at the end. Right now, let's gather together for a time of praise and worship. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tomb Till I met you I was breathing but not Failures I tried to hide It was my tomb Till I met you When you called my name I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness I was an orphan, now you call me a 
our house for Church at Home. I'm Anna, a leader at Church at Home, and I'm excited to spend some time with you today. We're now in February, the month of love. Valentine's Day was yesterday, and I hope you found someone in your life to say, I love you. And if you haven't, I hope today, I hope during this moment, you will feel an awareness of God's love for you. His love is greater and higher than any love of anyone else on earth. So prepare your heart to receive it. Set down the things that beep, chirp, or buzz at you. Take a deep breath. Release the stress and craziness you've been holding in. Gather friends or family around you or contact someone over the phone and watch with them. Let the words, music, and prayers encourage and strengthen your soul as we have church at home together. We begin with the words Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Many Christian services have a time for reciting a creed. A creed is a compilation of the beliefs of a group. As a Christian, one of our creeds is called the Apostles' Creed. Please join me in saying this statement of belief. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Again, thank you for joining us, especially if this is your first time. Send us a text to 474747 with the word HelloCore to let us know you're here. When you do that, a form will come to you with a place for you to ask questions. If there aren't any words you don't understand or any questions about the ideas you hear, please write them and send them to us. We would love to find time to talk more deeply about what you hear. We're in the final week of our series called Jesus in Strange Places. We're going to listen to Pastor Greg talk about Jesus on the mountaintop. Listen in with me. Well, welcome back to Church at Home. We're in the last of our seasons about a series about Jesus in strange places. And 
one of the things you need to do when you're in a strange place is you need to stop, you need to look, and you need to listen. These are three great words for life. Aaron Rodgers, uh, one of the top 25 quarterbacks in the NFL, still likes being coached. He said one time, I love being coached. I love talking football with smart coaches. I love the input, the dialogue, the conversation. His coach, Coach Mike McCarthy, said, Aaron is a really good student. He wants to be coached and he likes to be coached hard. Similarly, Steph Curry, one of the best NBO basketball players of all time, has that same attitude. One of his coaches said of Steph, he's the most teachable player I've ever known, both his willingness to listen and his ability to absorb and execute. I bring up these two great sports figures because I have a question for you. Who are you listening to? Who are you stopping to look at? Who are you being coached by? Uh, Jesus has been preaching, telling about and showing the reality of the kingdom. But now it's time to really lean in and really listen. You see, storms have come, natural ones and supernatural ones, and Jesus has calmed them, but a huge storm is brewing one that could swamp them. And Jesus has just clarified that he is God's son. Just in the last chapter, he's made it crystal clear. He is the Messiah. But you see, their definition is a conquering warrior, but that's a bar too low. He's not come to conquer the Romans. He's come to conquer something far bigger. He's come to conquer death and sin itself. Why? So that he could win something more important. So that he could win in hearts. So that we can win you. And welcome people home. As soon as he clarified that, he calls his disciples to take up crosses. Which is a really brutal way of saying, you need to be prepared for death. And he also said that he was telling them, truly, there is some standing with him right in that moment who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And here's the thing, if they'll stop, if they'll look, if they'll listen, well, three of them, at least, will indeed see the kingdom of God. I want you to open up, if you have a Bible, to Mark chapter 9, and we're going to begin at verse 2. It says there in Mark chapter 9, verse 2, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Now the characters are the same as at the baptism. Elijah preaching, Moses opening the path through the water, the spirit descending, the voice speaking, and Jesus being seen for who he really is. Now, this is a reminder of seeing God's glory on Mount Sinai, kind of that Exodus 24 pattern. And it's a pattern that goes throughout Scripture. There's, there's glory of what God is doing in the world. There's then immediately after glory, wilderness. And at the baptism, Jesus was sent out in the wilderness. And then after the wilderness, there's the inauguration. The kingdom of God is at hand. So the first thing I want you to see here is that these key leaders need to stop and see Jesus. And they're about to get a coaching they will never forget. 
You see, Jesus didn't need to see his own glory. He didn't need to be transfigured so that he would figure something out. Jesus took these three aside specifically to show them what was coming. And so the metamorphosis that takes place before them and later envelops them, well, it's a picture of Jesus displayed in glory. Elijah and Moses are there also pointing to Jesus Well, that's what we all should be doing, pointing to Jesus and his glory. Moses is the law. Elijah is the prophets. And it's saying this is the one that the scriptures prophesied from the very beginning of the story to right now. This is the one. Jesus is who he says he is. Elijah connects to John the Baptist from baptism. Moses adds the encounter of the new Moses who Jesus is, who will lead them. Deuteronomy says it this way, the Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is him. You shall listen to you. There was another Moses that was to come. And Jesus is that guy. He's the one that has come. The disciples were also seeing the hidden world of God's heavenly kingdom. Everything was being pulled back. Those things that were normally invisible were being seen and that should, convince, should be um, encouraging to you. You know, there's things going on. If you're stuck in life, if you're feeling like immediately is said all throughout the Gospel of Mark and it doesn't seem like there's any immediately for you, I get it. I understand. When you can't see, there's a lot of pain. But you need to see that Jesus sees us. And he has contact with us. If you were to look at this same passage in Luke, it would be talking about his departure, and it would use even more clear language about the exodus. And all of this is to say that there's a plan that's about to unfold. Jesus is going to be a a true and better deliverer, and he's about to accomplish everything that needs to happen. He's going to go to the cross in Jerusalem, and and you're going to see the resurrection And probably Moses and Elijah are standing by wondering what's going on. They're probably talking about this whole thing. Moses is probably wondering about the Passover. Is that what you meant when you had us put blood shed? And and is that what the blood on the cross is going to be symbolizing? Elijah was probably wondering whether God would send another fire from heaven. But here's what they're both getting to see. Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, and John, they're getting to see the rest of the story. They're getting to see the real completion of the ministry that has only just begun. Now, why are the disciples here? The disciples are here because they need to hear the rest of the story too. Remember, they don't understand how Jesus could be God and could also suffer, be rejected and die. That's just not in their understanding. In fact, in the last chapter, Peter has just been given a verbal dress down. But what I love about Peter is he doesn't run away. He goes up on the mountain. And with that, he's rewarded with a clear vision so that he could see. You need to stop. You need to look. You need to listen. The first thing was stop. But now they need to look and now they need to listen. Let's keep reading because God is about to speak to their fear. And he's about to help focus them. Verse 5 goes on to say this. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, It is good that we're here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say. 
And at that moment, a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. They were freaked out. Peter just begins babbling, right? He comes up with this, let's make tents. They were terrified, which is the right response. Reality is everybody fears something or someone, and it's either going to kill you or it's going to restore you. Fear can be very good. They're right to be afraid because they're facing the power of God himself. When I was at the Citadel, the commandant was um, Captain Peluso. He was a Navy SEAL, and he was a friend. He was very friendly with me. But it's something interesting to be friends with a guy that you know could kill you. God is like that. He's a friend. But he does have all the power of the universe. But God's not trying to cause panic. Rather, he's trying to draw them in. And using symbols and, and ideas and people that would be familiar with them because he wants them to focus, not to be fearful. They need to stop, look, and listen before the difficulty of the cross. Many get on Peter. They want to get on him because he wanted to prolong the experience. And I think that's what's going on. But the reality is the text doesn't get on Peter. The text clearly says what's going on. Peter did not know what to say, it says. They, all three of the disciples, were frightened. So you need to understand, this whole thing is for them. If this is frightening, the cross would be terrifying. But Jesus keeps them close, even when they don't understand. Even when they don't get it. Even when they're going to hear that they're going to have to take up a cross themselves. You see, the cloud doesn't come down and say, Peter, you're an idiot. No. The cloud says, this is the way. I'm going to show you the way. It's the same cloud that you saw in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, there's a cloud that comes down and, and rests over the people. And the cloud goes forward and the people go forward and the cloud stops and the people stop. And this same cloud would have remember, helped Peter remember that God leads his people through terrifying wildernesses. And so the cloud was a comfort. It's a symbol of, of God's presence, of his willingness to, to lead the new Israelites, Peter and James and John and all the disciples, and to envelop them. It wasn't just above them. It was enveloping them. You see, in the middle of the wilderness, the, the Father speaks and the Son shines because God wants to bring us close. Peter wanted nothing more than the mountaintop experience to keep shining. But you see, there's another mountain that Jesus needs to go up to. It's the Mount of Crucifixion. And see, here's the real temptation of the transfiguration. Glory without the gory. What I mean by that is there was temptation from the time that Jesus went up on the high mountain with Satan. What was the temptation there? You can have glory without the goriness, without the cross. And Jesus said, no, I've got to go to the cross. And he's saying that to the disciples as well. All of this is saying, here is a picture of the glory of Jesus, but you need to be prepared. He said it right before this. He's going to say it after this. The cross has to come. He's preparing them. He's coaching them. And he coaches us and he prepares us. He says, stop, look, listen. This Jesus is the one that 
and you and I should be listening to, looking to, for definition, for understanding of who we are and what's going on. When the voice comes out and says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. This is the key. This is the important thing. It's interesting in the Gospels that the disciples can't cast out a demon. And yet Jesus says, you faithless generation. Why? Why are they faithless? Because the only one worth having faith in is Jesus. And Jesus is bringing them closer so that they will stop and look and listen to him. The passage goes on and says this. Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand the saying, and it was concealed from them, so that they might not perceive it. And they were afraid. They're afraid, and it's right for them to be afraid, because things are becoming so much more clear. Why are they told to conceal it? Because they aren't ready. Ears are still being tuned to hear. That, that's a process that's going on with all of the disciples. They're, they're not ready for the king of glory to go to the goriness of the cross. And, and so this fear is making it hard for them to listen. This fear is making it hard to, to see who Jesus is. It's making it hard to stop and look and listen to Jesus. And it's the same thing in our lives, isn't it? Things come in and it causes great deep fear. But it's in those fearful moments that we need to stop. We need to go back to the word. That's why we have core groups at Church of the Resurrection. That's why we have little booklets that we put out. We want to give people an opportunity to do deep dives, to study and listen, to look, to see Jesus. I mean, sometimes don't you just say in your heart, I'd love to have a cloud that would direct me. But Jesus is saying, I'll give you something better. I'll give you a glimpse of me, the son of God who leads for you. It's interesting, Peter, later in his life, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 19, will say this, We have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention, as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Friends, there are dark days, but in the midst of it, God still speaks. What we need to do is we need to ask, who are we listening to? Now, if you're a person who's just kind of testing out Christianity, you're just trying to figure out what this is all about, just ask, who do I normally listen to? When, when things go crazy, when things go wrong, who's the first person that I pick up the phone and call? Who's the first source that I go to to try to understand what's really going on? If it's any other person or any other being or any other source than Jesus, then just stop. And say, Lord, have mercy and help me to see you and listen to you. Because Jesus is the one who opens deaf ears. He's the one that opens blind eyes. Now, maybe you've been a Christian for a while. I talked about tuning. How are your ears being tuned? Are you moving forward? We talk about the stages of Christian development. There's the stage from infant to child to young adult to parent But there's a reality. One of my professors in seminary said, when in stress, regress. You know, stress has this ability to move us back. 
The reality is we need to preach to our own hearts the reality of the gospel. In stress, we need to stop and look ourselves. We need to listen ourselves. We need to to see Jesus, listen to his promises to never abandon us, to his promise of forgiveness and cleansing. Listen to the love that he has for us and listen to this call to discipleship. Stop, look, and listen to Jesus because he is showing himself to you. Amen. Thank you, Greg, for encouraging our hearts with an awareness of God with us in all the strange and normal places of our lives. If this has touched your heart and you have questions about this God on the mountaintop, please use the feedback form to reach out and we will contact you to talk further. As Christians, we have a God who hears and forgives. We like to take time in our service to examine our hearts and confess to Him. I wonder, are there times when our hearts have been restless this week? Times when we've gone to other, not to God, but to other people, things or substances to meet your needs? Times we haven't trusted God's mighty power to meet our needs. Take a few moments to reflect on this week and personally confess those things to God. Together, let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Almighty God, creator of all, you marvelously made us in your image, but we have corrupted ourselves and damaged your likeness by rejecting your love and hurting our neighbors. We have done wrong and neglected to do right. We are sincerely sorry and heartily repent of our sins. Cleanse us and forgive us by the sacrifice of your Son. Remake us and lead us by your Spirit, the Comforter. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose steadfast love is as great as the heavens are high above the earth, remove our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west, strengthen our life in his kingdom and keep us upright to the last day. Through Jesus Christ, our merciful high priest. Amen. I want you to know that God loves you and meets you no matter how far away you feel. And he meets you with welcoming words. These are words of Jesus to all who turn to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. These words remind us of the truth that Jesus is the one who draws near wherever we are. And as a result of that near care for us, we can then care for each other. We say, the peace of the Lord be always with you, and also with you. As we say the word peace, we know the world is lacking in peace right now. We continually hear of bad news everywhere, both in our homes and outside of our homes. Our hearts are heavy until we remember that we're not alone. Jesus is with us. We can turn to him with all our needs and wants, and he both hears and answers our prayers. Join me in praying to this God. Father, we pray that you will lead all the nations of the world in the ways of peace. Guide their leaders in wisdom and truth for the safety and good of all. Lord, we do pray for the leaders of the world, the leaders of nations, the leaders of our country, the leaders of states and cities and 
all of the governmental leaders, Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray that they would seek you and that you would give them the wisdom that we need for this time. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Pour out on your whole church the spirit of unity and truth. May all who confess your holy name agree in the truth of your word, live in loving unity, and serve you with holy and righteous lives. Lord, we do pray for Christians around the world that we would be united in our desire and goal of spreading your name throughout the world, that we would seek to follow hard after you and that we would share your love with those around us. Help us to be people of love, people who talk about you as the God who draws near. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, comfort and sustain everyone who in this fleeting life is in sorrow, need, sickness, or any other distress. Add the names of the people that you are praying for. Together, Father, hear our prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Together let us pray the words that our Savior Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the Holy Trinity make us strong in faith and love, defend us on every side, and guide us in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. Of water, earth, and sky The heavens are your tabernacle Glory to the Lord on high God of wonders beyond our galaxy
heaven and earth Lord of heaven and earth Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth God wonders beyond our galaxy You are holy Holy Precious Lord reveal your heart to me Father holy Holy You are holy, 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 holy. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. To the Lord of heaven and earth. Thank you so much for joining us today. I mentioned earlier that we are a community that seeks to transform lives with the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. And as we close, I would like to share a few ways to connect into our family. If you are interested in connecting with us in any of these ways, learning more, please text HelloCore to 474747 and we will connect with you. Our core groups are continuing to grow and reach many different people in different ways. These groups really try to dive deep together, and we would love to find the right group for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.